This is Rob Taylor for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted, as always, to be joined by Alex Krasiuk of K2. Been a while, Alex. How you doing? Nice. Thank you. It's all good. Good. What have you been doing? I haven't spoken to you in a long time. Uh, well, you know, when your business is combined with uh, your leisure time, so you work and uh, you relax. Uh, when you relax, you work. So it's uh, it's not uh, it's not too difficult, you know, to stay active uh, with with having an iPhone in your pocket, so you can do any kind of business, uh, either from the beach or from from the kitchen or from your car. The place doesn't matter anymore. Life on the move. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, the reason we're doing an interview today, Alex, is I put out a story yesterday, quotes attributed to yourself regarding Alexander Usyk and his WBO position in the heavyweight division. Um, that, that went off a bit like wildfire. We had plenty of comments, a lot of people wanting to know what the situation was currently with Usyk and the WBO, where you stood with regards to Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. So why don't you just start off by telling us the current situation as you understand it with Alexander Usyk's WBO mandatory? Uh, the situation is, hasn't changed much since last year. Uh, Usyk was uh, nominated the mandatory for the WBO heavyweight. And since that time, he keeps his position. So he relinquished his super champion position to become the mandatory in heavyweight. And uh, he had the fight in heavyweight. Uh, last October and uh, now he's training hard and uh, waiting for the time for the announcement of his fight with Chisora. His position is uh, he's the official challenger, the official contender for Anthony Joshua this moment or whoever whoever turns to be after Joshua faces Kubrat Pula. So nothing changed much. Now, just explain to people who maybe are watching this interview aren't familiar with the various different governing bodies and their regulations. Now, this is something that the WBO have in every single weight class. Explain to people the process of a WBO champion moving up and therefore becoming automatically the mandatory challenger. Yeah, yeah, there is a position in WBO because uh, many people, uh, even here in Ukraine, many people ask, um, ask to explain the, the road, the, the way that Usyk made to become the mandatory uh, for the heavyweight with, the, with no steps made in the ring. Uh, there is a normal regulation at WBO when the, not the regular champion, but the super champion, when he relinquishes his title, he has the, and moves up the next division, he has the right to be nominated as the mandatory challenger immediately. Uh, and that's nothing, nothing really special for, for WBO because uh, some of the guys were moved like that. And that's exactly the way Usyk made it. So uh, when, when we decided to vacate the WBO Super Championship position, uh, the WBO uh, board voted positively for uh, nominating him the mandatory for Anthony Joshua. 
Now, we've seen Paco Valcarcel, who's obviously the chairman of the WBO, come out and say that the WBO's mandatory challenger, in this case, Alexander Usyk, must be satisfied before any unification. Otherwise, the WBO title will not be available for Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury or whoever else he chooses to fight. Is that your position as Usyk's promoter also? Uh, it's a position of a common sense. Uh, this is the rule. This is not our imagination or something that we invented. This is the rule that should be observed and followed. Um, this is why Usyk sacrificed his uh, undisputed championship. Uh, he put it, he vacated it. And now someone else is the champion in WBO Cruiserweight. So Usyk uh, paid his price to become the official contender for the heavyweights. And um, when Paco says uh, things, he just announces the official position of the governing body. And our position remains uh, absolutely the same. When I spoke to Eddie a couple of days ago, he said that he queried, and of course he's a co-promoter of Alexander Usyk alongside yourself, he queried whether or not that you would have to face, uh, Anthony Joshua would have to face Alexander Usyk first, and whether or not a deal could be made wherein Alexander Usyk, I would assume in this case, would step aside. Could you clear up whether or not you would be open to such a deal? Uh, we had some kind of... Uh some kind of uh, misunderstanding uh, at the beginning of this year when uh, Joshua had uh, two obligations uh, in IBF and WBO. And the reason why Pulev was uh, chosen as the first option uh, is that uh, we agreed that we are not putting any pressure. We just allowing it to go its way and uh, immediately after uh, Joshua faces Pulev, Usyk is the next option for him. And uh, regarding, regarding the, you, the huge unification fight between Tyson Fury and uh, Anthony Joshua, it should happen, definitely should happen. And uh, as a fan of boxing, I want to watch this fight as well. Uh, but there are some... Uh, some short notes I want to make, like remarks. Number one, uh, like Joshua, Fury has uh, his obligations uh, in front of, in his mandatory. So he needs to face the mandatory to become the, uh, the WBC real champion, because the real champion is the guy who defended his title not in a voluntary defense, but uh, with uh, official content. Uh, with Joshua, he became, normally he became the champion in his last fight, right? Before that, he was not a champion. So he has to prove uh, his position as the heavyweight champion, a unified heavyweight champion uh, with, uh, with a mandatory challenger, with Kubra Tulev, and he has to face uh, Alexander Usyk as well. Uh, the other thing I want to say is that uh, the ambition of becoming the undisputed is ha in heavyweight is not just the ambition of two British guys. Uh, the ambition of the Ukrainian guy is the same. 
The only difference is that uh, between Joshua and uh, Fury is that Usyk claims uh, the historical right to become the undisputed in two divisions, in cruiserweight and in heavyweight. It's his goal, he lives with it, he trains for it, uh, he puts all his efforts and uh, it's, not, it's not a dream, it's his goal now. He wants to become the undisputed in heavyweight together with cruiserweight. And uh, as his promoter, I need to serve his interests. And uh, it's very easy when we have uh, governing bodies and we have the regulations and uh, it allows Usyk to face, to, uh, to face the champion and to become the champion himself and then to, to unify the belts and to fight whoever is the champion from other divisions to become the undisputed. Now, I don't profess to, to know Alexander Usyk very well at all. I've met him on occasion and interviewed him on occasion and obviously have followed his career like any other boxing fan. But from what I do know about him, he doesn't strike me as the type of person who'd be willing to step aside for money. Would that be accurate? <laughs> Listen, it's, uh, it's the history in the making. Can any money uh, make him step aside? What do you think? Can any money make a normal, ambitious uh, athlete step aside from his dream that, can, that became the goal now? I don't think so. It's not a matter of money. It's the matter of legacy. When you hear, I mean, I, I am brought back to comments made in the past by Tyson Fury, also comments made by Dillian White in the past regarding Alexander Usyk, whereby Tyson Fury said words to the effect of, Alexander Usyk doesn't speak any English. The heavyweight champion must come from an English-speaking country. Dillian White questioned his, uh, his appeal to an audience and, and said that there would be no interest in seeing him fight Alexander Usyk. When you hear things like that as his promoter, what does that make you think? Nothing special. Uh, every boxer, every fighter wants to put his interest in front of anyone else. Um, Dillian White, Tyson Fury, they all, all of them are great fighters, great personalities. What can I say? And uh, Usyk himself, I, I can't say at this stage that he doesn't speak English at all. He trains hard, uh, he, he takes lessons, and uh, now he can explain uh, his thoughts in English. You will hear it very soon. Uh, but this is not the reason, because when you come... Uh, when you step in the ring, uh, there's only boxing language. No other language is accepted. That's why uh, when Usyk starts to speak boxing language, uh, uh, it changes things a lot and the attitudes of, of his uh, opponents. Where do we stand with, you mentioned earlier on in the start of the interview, obviously the fight that we were initially waiting for at the start of the year or the first quarter of this year was Alexander Usyk versus Derek Chisora. Where do we stand with that currently, Alex? Yeah, we are looking for, uh, for the final date and the place where this uh, fight will end at the, the, the end. So it should take place somewhere in August or September, somewhere in, uh, on the planet Earth. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Uh, no one, Usyk doesn't care where this fight gonna gonna be, whether it's gonna be UK or United States or New Zealand or Australia, whatever, or Japan. 
everything is expect, uh, accepted, uh, as well as uh, whether there's going to be anyone in attendance or not. Doesn't, doesn't, he doesn't care. He wants to fight. That was going to be my next question, really. Obviously, we're, we're waiting to see where in the world that anything can happen, let alone boxing matches. But in your opinion, is it most likely to either be behind closed doors? Is it most likely to go to a place with a small crowd? What's, what's your inkling at the minute as the promoter? Yeah, we discussed it with Eddie. And uh, he had some ideas uh, to put it with a small crowd and uh, even with no crowd. But... Uh, the funny thing is there is no one in the, on the planet Earth who knows what's going to happen in the future, in the nearest future. So we need to act accordingly. So we see what happens. We, we need to put the plan, and the plan is it should happen some, someday in August or September. And the day is coming. I mean, the, the time is running. Uh, so normally within the next couple of weeks we need to take uh, the decision uh, I don't know I don't know uh, where it can happen uh, but uh, what I know for sure is that it, it should happen after that whenever that is wherever it is whether there's fans there not fans there and obviously from, from your perspective following Alexander Usyk coming through that fight um, against Derek Chisora his next fight after that will 100% be for the WBO World Heavyweight title, in your opinion? Mm, we all stand for that. This is what he wants. This is what fans wants, what his fans wants. Uh, want, and this is what everyone from our team wants. And the, the main thing is that the fighter himself has the objective in front of him. He's now chasing the world heavyweight title. So if it happens, who knows? Maybe something goes wrong and his next fight gonna be for, for the title. We never know. But the sooner the better. From your opinion and from your outlook and from Usyk's out, outlook, does he care whether or not it's for a vacant title or he has to fight the champion? Would he prefer to fight the champion? What's his viewpoint? Uh, the, mm, I'll try to explain. Uh, the recognition comes when the king is dethroned and the new king is, the, is at place. This is the best way to become uh, the recognized champion. And I think uh, Usyk's position is the same. It's much better to defeat the acting champion and to get his belt rather than to fight for the vacant title. But if there is no other option, vacant title is acceptable as well. And is that just because Usyk, in his mind, is going for all of the belts anyway? Yeah. That's his dream. He became, listen, he became the undisputed in Cruiserweight. It was, uh, it was just a boy's dream. Then it became a plan. Uh, it became a, a goal. Then it became a plan. And then it, it became the, the, you know, the real. I think we should go the same way in heavyweights. 
So this is why I enjoy speaking to you because I mean, I'm not going to name any names, but sometimes I speak to promoters and a lot of the stuff we talk about is regarding splits and purses and dates and venues and stuff. You guys just want to fight. Exactly. You see, uh, if you take a look at Usyk's career, um, he never turned down a fight for the reason it was somewhere out of his country. No, we accepted all all the options. He, he, he became the WBO Cruiserweight Champion in Poland. Then he defended it in the United States twice. Then he went to Super Series. He fought uh, Hook in Germany. He fought Bridis in Riga. He fought uh, Gassiev in Moscow. He fought Value in Manchester. He fought Witherspoon in the United States. There's no obstacles for him. When he comes to the ring, there's only four angles. And four angles are the same in Ukraine or in Russia or in the United States or in the UK. Who do you think is the most difficult fight for Rusik at heavyweight and why? With all my respect to AJ, uh, after he defeated Vladimir Klitschko, uh, I think he became three times stronger mentally. Uh, but Tyson Fury has a awkward style. It's not because uh, I don't like it. It's because it doesn't look very classic. But I think his style is more dangerous for every fighter in the world than the classic uh, old school boxing. And, and, and he's a bit, a bit stronger, taller than, uh, than AJ. What did you make of his performance against Deontay Wilder? I haven't spoke to you since. appreciate it was a couple of months ago now. But did that surprise you? No. I was like 90 to 10 for Fury. I earned some money. <laughs> <laughs> that was absolutely clear for me. After the fight number one, before the fight, I had some, like, uh, it depends, uh, it's mental, whether it's uh, physical conditions. But after the first fight, uh, it was absolutely clear for me. He will win. Uh, there was only just a, a single question, whether he wins inside the distance or goes 12 rounds. We should next time, you have to give me some betting tips. You've got my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, final question before I let you go. Um, this is sort of a question from me as, as well as anybody else. Being a, a fan of boxing, and if you're a fan of boxing, I don't see how you can't be a fan of Alexander Usyk. Um, he's had a long amateur career. He's, he's made no secret of the fact that he wants to get on with things as a professional. Being that way, he's ended up fighting, as you've correctly alluded to, world-class fighters in their backyard. He's trained every day. He's had 300-plus amateur fights. He started to get injured in the last 18 months. He's had some niggling injuries. He's had uh, fights that have had to be postponed, etc. What can you say to fans of the sport who are maybe concerned about his body holding up at heavyweight? If you are a professional athlete, your body is your instrument. And uh, the harder you use the instrument, the higher is the... Uh, the higher is the risk. Yeah, the higher is the risk that you can get injured. 
And if you are a, a top athlete, the risk is at the highest level. It can happen with anyone. I never met, uh, for example, uh, a world champion who had no injury. I never met even a national champion who had no injuries. But he is doing good. Uh, he started boxing at the age of 15, not at the age of four or five. So he at least has the advantage of 10 years um, to compare with all other fighters. So I think we, we wish him, of course, good health, uh, physical and mental, because uh, for him, and uh, no, for everyone, uh, physical health is, comes from, from your mindset. Uh, and uh, Usyk has no troubles, no problems with his mindset. He's absolutely 100% positive person. Has the break, uh, coronavirus has not been ideal for anybody, of course, but has the break been good for his body? The fact that he's been so busy as an amateur and as a professional? He's been training all the time. Well, well, he maybe took uh, one week vacation with, uh, with us to stay with his family, but he's been training all the time. He's in good shape now. I think if, if we have the announcement today, he will be ready to move in eight weeks. I mean, to, 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 to fight. Okay, well, we look forward to it. Okay, Alex, well, it's always a pleasure catching up with you. I do mean that. Um, it's always a, a pleasure to hear from you. Um, and as I say, it's, it's boxing talk. And it is really refreshing just to hear we want fights and we want to fight everybody. And we want all the belts now. It's nice. <laughs> Listen, uh, money comes as uh, as a supplement. Uh, it doesn't mean I mean one million, five million, twenty-five million. It's all just the figures. But uh, the legacy is not the money. Uh, you cannot uh, become the Hall of Fame fighter for earning for just earning money. You can become for uh, for something you've done for boxing for your style, for your victories, for, uh, for, for the challenges you've overcome. And money is something... Uh, I never heard uh, any undisputed champion who had no money, right? Maybe someday later, after they <laughs> finish their career. <laughs> yes, well, the less said about that, the better. But um, Alex, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for speaking to Boxing Sorry. Rob. My I pleasure. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Send my best to Mr. Usyk and let's do this again soon. And let's me and Usyk do something when his English gets a bit better. Cool. Nice, nice idea. I love it. Good man. All right, Alex. Thanks very much, my friend. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Bye -bye.